0: Brought to you by Hug House Productions. Please be advised, the content of this podcast contains violence, murder, blood, smoking, alcohol, mentions of suicide, and driving sound effects. Please do avoid listening to this in a car. We also swear a whole lot, so there's that. Okay, I'm in front of the mic, yeah. Can you hear me? Great. All clear. Are we are we doing the tragic backstory thing still? Yeah. No, I'm still up for it, but um, pff, I, I'm not doing it sober. Because I don't fucking want to if, if I have to bring all those memories back up. But I just don't want to feel it. Okay. So what is that, vodka? Yeah, yeah, screw it. Do you have a shot glass? It's just nicer that way. No. What kind of recording studio is this? (laughs) Thank you. Uh. Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Elio, Elio Lores. I was born in a small village named Azcatla, in Mexico, 23 years ago. And, well, there are three things you need to know about Azcatla. First, that it's founders meant to name it after the Nahuatl word for grassland, but since the church had burned every record of that language and crucified those who remembered it, my ancestors had to throw together a bunch of syllables for memory, and I found out actually that they came very close in their attempt. Yeah. Second, Azcatla was small. So small that it remained one of the last places on earth where people still honored one of the old faiths. We would shroud ourselves in the darkness of our cellars and pray in whispers to a dark-haired woman in a crimson dress. It was very dramatic. <laughs> Among the gods of men she was one of the youngest. She was a bastard of the Aztec and Christian pantheon, born during colonization. She wore a crown of roses and had braids of thorns. She had the softest smile we had her face, behind a mask, a cracked skull. She would paint in bright colors. But like most of the gods of today, she had disappeared many years ago when the old man in the sky had sent his followers on yet another crusade. And now the third and last thing you need to know about Ascatla, and I'm sure y'all saw it coming, is that it burned to the ground. For he the Lord is everywhere and sees everything. And he never liked false idols. And so that night, as the village burned, only two survivors escaped. Me, and dragging me away from the village, my father. Because I just stood there, staring at the streets, the bodies littering the grounds, farmers, merchants, men, women and children, all of them dead. Friends, family, And looming over the carnage, I saw four crusaders in the middle of the plaza, watching a wooden stake as it burned. They were titans, armed from head to toe, rifle in hands and swords on their back, their kevlar vest emblazed with a white cross. Behind them, I heard someone ask about runaways, and the four of them turned at once, facing the inquisitor that led them. The man was tall and joyful. He strolled around like on a midnight walk. And they told him, Yes, sir, two runaways going east. He smiled and he said, But not for long. And they returned his smile. They said, No, sir, not for long. Amused. You know, it was was like Saturday night with the boys, I guess, for them. It was fun. Exciting. Thrilling. I don't know. Less than a mile away, we were just running for our life, trying to survive. My father was. I was trying to, to get out of his grasp, to, to to go back, to try to do something. And I kept saying, I kept begging him, you have to let me go, you have to let me go. Mom is still there, and he... for The first time, he turned around, and he grabbed me by the collar, and he says, she's dead. You see that fire? You see what they were building? She's dead. And I protest. It doesn't make sense to me. I said, she wasn't a witch. Why would they... And they start shooting. So I crouch down. My father grabs me again. He says, hurry. Far behind us, one of the soldiers line up his visors and... Shoots. the bullet pierces my father's flank and he falls to the ground, breathless. I crouch to his side and I try to get him up to help him. He says, no, you got to run. And again, I keep trying to help saying, no, you got to get up. Come on. We got to go. We got to go. And he just says, run now and I hesitate I hesitate because I'm terrified and I know that he's not gonna go far and I don't see any tears in his eyes just rage and he says goddess protects you Elio and then he shot in the head can we can we can we take a break (laughs) Just, yeah, just for a moment, that'd be great. Yeah, do you have a lighter? Cool, yeah, I'll be right back, just five minutes. Okay, Um, where was I? Right, so, I jump back, finally get back to my senses as well, and I start running. I run for miles and miles, and I know behind me that they're taking their time, you know, they know they find me, so... know sharing jokes they want to make it last it's the last kill of the night i'm sure it means something and so i keep on praying with every step forward with every breath i can still waste i say goddess give me strength let me take one more step i will fight for you i will offer them all to you but please goddess give me strength i fall to the ground once and i get up twice And I get up, and you wouldn't believe the amount of stuff on the ground in a random field in Mexico. Bullets are grazing my skin, my arms and legs are bleeding, my face is covered in ashes, but still I run. Until I stumble again. On something older than Mexico. A stone brick. The entrance of a forgotten ruins, and... I look up, and... A brazero ignites in front of me, piercing the night and then another follow, and another, and then dozens more. And with their lights, I can see a whole city emerging from the darkness. And that's, that's where it gets fun. That city wasn't even a tenth of what it used to be, but some buildings still stood. And at the end of a paved route, I could see the path to a pyramid. And I knew something answered my call. I saw a red figure on the road. Not too far away, a dark-haired woman in a crimson dress, draped in the mist. She was right in front of me, and then suddenly she was gone, only to appear further away. She wanted me to follow to the pyramid, and I start running again. I go deeper into the ruins, and a few minutes after, I can hear the soldiers enter, and they don't know what his place is. They ask, where are we, and do you see him? And Suddenly one of them spot me. I'm painfully climbing the steps of the pyramid, barely halfway, and they start shooting. They try to hit me, but I'm way out of range, and the night is too dark, so they have to go deeper into the ruins. And as they do, whispers start to rise. They say, kill her. slowly, slowly, draw your blade, make it last, make it an honorable kill. In the beginning, they don't quite hear them. They keep shooting, and one of them actually hit me in the shoulder, and I fell against the steps. I heard them cheer behind me, high on adrenaline, and they still didn't pay attention to the voices. To this single idea, it was slithering inside their mind. Most importantly, they didn't realize it was a woman's voice, whispering in their ears. So when another soldier tries to shoot, the Inquisitor puts a hand on his shoulder to stop him. The man takes out his sword and start climbing the steps. Meanwhile, the Inquisitor's gonna have to walk all the way to the top because I made it, and it's not—it's not glorious. I, I'm half dead. I'm panting like a dog, bleeding away on sacred ground, and I stumble away from the steps. I recover on the edge of a weird altar, like a table carved in dark stone, and I can feel it yearning for something, almost pulsating. And on the other side of it, I see her, Katrina herself, ruler of the dead and protector of my people. And I can see behind her smile, she hides so many worries, like my mom used to. And it's not reassuring, you know, when you see a goddess and she's worried for you, it doesn't feel great. So I tell her, they're coming, they're coming, please, you gotta help me. And ever so gently, she, she takes my face between her hands, and she says, it's gonna be okay, mijo. Breathe. Now take the knife. And I look down and I see a stone dagger on the table, untouched for centuries. She repeats, she says, take the knife. Meanwhile, my head is getting heavier, my mind quieter, the air is too thick, too warm, and yet I'm shivering. I'm losing blood, I'm losing thoughts, I'm, I'm on the edge. And that's when I hear the footsteps. The Inquisitor made it to the top and he asked, finished running? I look up at her, but she's watching past me, wrath in her eyes. And it was like nothing I've ever seen before. It wasn't a fiery rage. It was dark and composed. It was slowly thrust a dagger, angry, you know. And she tells me, quiet. The man is only a few steps away from me, but I I don't think he could see her, only me bleeding away on the table. And then he says, it's a beautiful place to die. And could you imagine if those were the last words you hear? If a psychopath in armor walked toward you and said, Hey, enjoy the view, though. <sighs> and I hear the swords raised in the air. I hear his hands around the handle. And I hear his voice whispering last rites already. You know, the Latin stuff, the batre no ter in this kind all that. He takes one last step. And then she says, now. And it's like she just pulled every ounce of focus within me my entire soul right back into my body and before the inquisitor can react i slip on her sword and throw him against the table the dagger finds a heart and the priest's blood soak the altar la katrina lifts her arm to the side embracing the sky and i look up at her insanity in my voice and i said this is for you goddess and that night i knew i resurrected a god Crimson mist started to rise from the sacrificed body swirling around the altar, and the goddess started fading away, fusing with that haze. I took a step back' cause it was it was kind of fucking scary as the mist suddenly launches at me, raising me in the air, and everything around me felt silent for the first time. My soul could be still, and I gave control without even thinking about it it was. It was like an adult just took my hands after 23 years of struggle and said, I got it, just rest for a bit. That's what they don't tell you about possession. It's not a struggle. There's no pain. It's somebody saying they'll lend you a hand and your anxious and overwhelmed mind is just begging you to let them. And only then do you realize how tired you are inside. I didn't think twice. And she knew her way around a body much better than I ever will. I had, I've had one for twenty-three years. She had hundreds across centuries. She knew exactly what she was doing. Meanwhile, the rest of the soldiers only now reached the top of the pyramid and they stopped dead in their tracks. They saw the mist carved symbols on my skin. It was calaveras and thorny roses, weaved together with Aztec symbols, and that—that that was painful. That was her carving herself a place within me infusing me with power, and I thought I thought that was it, that I had accomplished some sort of divine purpose, and now that fire spreading within me would consume me. I thought I was gone. I slowly started my descent, my eyes closed, but a new grace to my movement, a lightness, and still in my mind this perfect stillness, like being in the back seat and just watching someone drive and knowing that everything's gonna be alright. my body slowly turned around like moved by the breeze i opened my eyes as we faced the soldiers and obviously they started shooting but not once did i feel worried i knew i knew something would protect me and in an instant a spear deployed itself around me almost invisible if it weren't for The veins that ran through it, pulsating in echo with my own heartbeat. And I looked at its swirls on the surface, its its texture, and I realized that was blood. The priest's blood surrounding me, protecting me. And with each bullet impact, a small burst of it surged in the air, spreading the iron scent into the night. But soon enough, the bullet rain stopped. The guns clicked empty, and I took a single step forward. I didn't even have to think, it was instant. You don't think about breathing. You don't think about this either. The shield suddenly spent, throwing the rest of the soldiers down the pyramid, hundreds of feet down. And they were dead on impacts. Silence came crashing down the ruins, and I looked down at my own arms, the new symbols marking my skin. And I heard her voice in my head say, you're the last of our kind. And if we are to survive, we must find allies. And it felt logical, I had no doubt. I just asked, where should I go? She said west, to Europe, where the church has been driven off centuries ago. I asked by who, because who could face the church? She spoke about the witches of the old world and their power how they predate the old man in the sky by millennia and when he tried to wage war against them they crushed his soldiers and to this day they guard the old continent making sure no faith ever takes hold in their kingdom and that's why i said well it doesn't seem like a good plan because i'm pretty sure you're a goddess she said it wasn't ideal but at least we'd be able to hide and find others, I ask others. My eyes swept across the peninsula and I took it all in. The summer breezed, washing over me, gently playing with my hair. The smell. And for years to come, this would be how sadness would wrap around me. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful this is what I took with me and not the fire, not the screams just the last whispers of winds through sea of grass like a summer night with an iron smell then i asked how will i cross the sea she said like every man before you me being pragmatic i asked you mean by boat she said no it's a path that many gods still remained in this word and that their servants resembled me over centuries they had paved their own roads to navigate the word hidden away from the church and those paths still exist For those who know how to ask. It's people. And they'll find you. They follow the church inquisition in search of survivors, always. We are bound together, but she cannot reach me from outside our lands. Her blessing still follows, but they'll never be as strong as within our cities. I asked why not, and she said, because you're the only one left that dozens had prayed for her that night. With their very last breath, they gave her everything. And now my faith was all that kept her anchored to this word, but for her to grow in power, she would need followers. And that's why I crossed the sea. That's how I met the rest of you guys. That's it for a pilot, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Stephen O'Brien for the use of his music The Mysterious Island, and Yazzie for his soundtrack The Dark Forest. A new episode of Desperado will drop every Wednesday. Until then, stay safe, spread some love, do the right thing, and call the people you love a bit more often. Bye!